This is the Soundcast Vault. In this episode of The Vault, our very own Marius Massilar interviews Tom of the composer duo of Tom and Andy regarding their work for Resident Evil Afterlife. This interview was conducted back in September of 2010, but the audio portion terminated prematurely and had to be completed at a later time. Still, we wanted to present the audio portion of this interview to you. The full interview can be found at tracksounds.com. Podcast people, you're listening to another Track Sounds interview hosted by yours truly, Marius Massilar. Today I'm speaking with Tom from Tom and Andy, the dynamic duo of composers for Transmedia Projects who recently finished their score for Resident Evil Afterlife. Welcome to the Soundcast, Tom. Thank you. Very happy to be here. We're happy to have you. So, in, in a lot of cases, when it comes to scoring a film, it seems like the toughest part can be just discovering and establishing the sound palette that you're going to use. Can you walk us through a little bit what that process was like for this film? Yeah, that was the toughest part, actually. <laughs> so you, you got that right. Um, basically, uh, Paul Anderson, the director, showed us the film, which was absolutely striking. It's a very immersive, beautiful, 3D, lush uh, visual experience, and then said, okay, so now I don't want you to use orchestra. You can do anything you want, but no orchestra. And um, so we kind of started from a negative space, which was, you know, what wasn't what we could do, but rather we were very mindful of what we could not do. And it was from that space that we started to explore creating a um, a soundscape or sound palette that would work for um, defining the new voice of uh, Resident Evil. And do you typically find that having that kind of you know vast freedom? I mean, no no orchestral instruments, but beyond that, having the freedom to do anything. Do you find that more empowering or kind of daunting? No, actually, it's wonderful. It's it's wonderful for uh, a director with uh, you know who's created such a strong and uh, impactful uh, visual palette to um, you know challenge us to do something that is you know uh, that rises to that level, and then to say and don't make it something like what I've heard before. Um, that is actually you know very gratifying, but it is certainly a process then to get to that to get to the point where, you know, the actual sound palette begins to emerge and become clear. And the first track, the opening of the the opening of the movie, is actually the first thing that um, ended up really working. So once uh, we got that right, it became a little bit easier because uh, the first uh, several minutes of the movie is just, uh, you know, images and music. No, no speaking, no sound design. It's just a very big musical uh, and image-based, visceral, immersive experience. So that was helpful to 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 to, to get that as a as, as putting a flag in the ground, so to speak. Yeah, I can imagine that being convenient, so that you you actually have that opening stretch to establish your your sound, and then everything else can flow a little more 
from that initial um, palette? Yeah, not only sound, but there's some pitch material there as well as some sort of percussive elements. I mean, it, it, there are elements of the uh, there are elements of that entire um, acoustical space from a musical perspective, production, um, production quality, uh, aesthetics, pitch, uh, rhythms, harmonies, timbres that are all play play a role going forward in the movie to a greater or lesser degree with different kinds of inflections. Of course. Uh, now, you're also a gamer yourself, is that correct? Yes. And I, I'm assuming that you're familiar with the actual game series uh, Resident Evil before you uh, came onto the film project. Yes. So I was wondering, because you're in this unique position where you, you are, you've been immersed in both properties, how do you actually feel about the direction that the film series has taken the games themselves uh, in terms of like departing from the original plots and, and you know, moving in a different direction? I really think that they're, you know, they're apples and oranges or maybe they're more like wheelbarrows and oranges or something. They don't really have much necessarily to do with each other, although in this particular uh, Resident Evil movie, there are, in fact, direct quotations from the game visually in 3D, which is which are just stunning to take a look at and to experience. But I kind of think that they are, at the end of the day, different franchises in a sense. And that's true. And, I, and, and, and you're correct. It's not really a fair question. Um, the reason I ask it is actually to follow up and see if you had any thoughts on why the Resident Evil series as a film adaptation has actually been extremely successful, whereas many other you know, attempts at translating a game franchise into film just haven't worked. Well, I think the Resident Evil gamers are really very loyal to the brand or to the franchise, to the Resident Evil franchise, and um, that they bring a lot of enthusiasm to to the to the movies. Um, uh, but yeah, it is a phenomenon. It, it really, it, I think, you know, Paul Anderson's vision. For the first film, which he directed, and uh, I know he 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 uh, oversaw the the second two, and then and then to come back and essentially really rebrand the franchise has really played a role because uh, I really think that this new film is um, a rebranding not unlike uh, the way Terminator One uh, was rebranded and completely different in Terminator Two years ago. So it's it's a pretty significant leap vision, uh, forward. Um, in terms of an immersive experience. So you'd say it's, it's basically this film is taking the series to yet another level? Oh, absolutely. I think it's definitely... I think it's taken, you know, the, the experience of, of going to a, a movie to another level. It's really the first film that's been done since Avatar using the Pace camera, and it's the first live-action movie using the Pace 3D camera uh, system. So it is a definitely a, a very rich experience. Uh, you mentioned that in terms of the visuals, there were actually some references to scenes from the original game. So moving back to the music, I was wondering if you had any uh, similar references from the game's music, if you, if you took any, uh, I guess, pointers from, uh, from the video games. No, no. We wanted to create something completely new. Uh, so, no, we, we, we purposely did not, you know, nod to, to that. So you were actually um, not seeking any sort of sense of familiarity when it comes to you know fans going in there and saying, oh, I recognize that you know theme or that whatever. 
No, because what we were trying to do was create a voice for the, well, actually go further, create not only a voice for the movie, but actually an approach to um, scoring that was uh, a little bit different than what is expected in, a, in, in film scoring. Basically, uh, the music, I don't know if you've heard the soundtrack CD, but... I have. Oh, you have. Okay, so it's produced, you know, like a, a serious record project. You know, it's not, it's not, the, the, the production quality and mixing is not quite the same as a regular score CD. And that's because the entire uh, score, which is 82 minutes long, is produced as if it were, you know, a record. Um, and as a result of that, the techniques and the methodologies and uh, the process that goes into making that type of music or that type of um end product is quite a bit different than what's involved in traditionally making a score. And so as a result, in a sense, what you have is a hybridization of scoring and um, contemporary music production, which creates something that is new, but actually, you know, oddly familiar, because we're familiar with record production, but we're not so familiar with the melding of record production and um, film scoring. Right, so uh, that in itself creates a new, um, at times anyways, at least is touching on or is more of an index to a, a, a pretty interesting uh, entertainment experience. Well, I, I agree with you, and, and like I said, I've, I've actually had the pleasure of listening to the score, and it is certainly an experience. It is unlike any score that I've heard in recent memory. It's, it's very much its own musical entity, and the reason I was asking if you had any uh, specific kind of influences uh, is because I, I'm curious how you would describe it stylistically to someone who'd not heard the, the score before. How would you introduce them to it, I suppose? Well, I think it's it's a combination of things that are either uh, inorganic or uh, very organic, but have been made inorganic through various levels of degrading and, and processing to be made into basically noise. So it's various kinds of noise on the one end of the spectrum and various kinds of inorganic, kind of dreamy, um, spatial sounding ambient sound. You've been listening to the Soundcast Vault. New episodes of the Soundcast can be found at tracksounds.com.